coming up on This Week in Games. Magically Funly leaps on the shelves. China is slowing down due to regulations. No. And the final trickle of quarterly earnings comes in. Coming up This Week in Games. Welcome to This Week in Games, and I'm Eric McConnell here to break down all the video game goodness for this week. And we had some big happenings. Starting up, Magic Leap finally releases something, but it's for pre-order. So after four years, Magic Leap appears to not just be a holdings company for stupid investors, and actually has a product for sale. The Magic Leap 1 cost a mere $2,295. It's currently for pre-order outside of a few select cities like Chicago, Los Angeles, Miami, New York, San Francisco, and Seattle. But in those cities, it requires white glove delivery. That costs a lot. <laughs> Early reviews say it's pretty much inferior to a much older Microsoft HoloLens at almost the same price. I think the HoloLens was like $3,000. This is about $700 cheaper. But when you're playing at that range, uh, you know what's $700 I say $2.6 billion well spent. Good job, investors. Now, sounds like I'm really hating on the Magic Leap, but in reality, I wanted them to succeed. I really want the next level AR technology, but I want it at a cheap price. And Magic Leap, though it may end up a colossal failure, hopefully the technology developed can be used to further the next wave AR headsets, preferably at a cheaper price. So go check it out if you want. Personally... You know, unless they tell me the Magic Leap is uh, Ready Player One, you know, I'm come on, $2,295, are you kidding me? And the only people who are really buying that are developers who think or got roped into thinking this is the next big thing, or developers who convinced Magic Leap they were the next big thing, enough so Magic Leap shipped them a bunch of dev kits. On to our next story, market growth in China's game industry slows due to dun-dun-dun, government regulation. So, in the big surprise of the week, Chinese gaming growth has slowed to 5%, which is basically a crawl in 2018 because it's the lowest in nearly 15 years, down from a 30% growth during the same period last year in 2017. One blame is the new government agency, the State Administration of Radio and Television, or SART for short, not the best acronym, guys, who basically issues gaming licenses that allow you to release games in China, and they're on a per-game issue. So 700, 800 get approved monthly, but thousands and thousands are pending, and the expected wait right now is two to three months, and that's just going to climb exponentially. Surprise, surprise, though, Tencent and NetEase are having little to no trouble acquiring those licenses for their games. I'm sure they're just... They really know how to fill out the application better than everyone. It has nothing to do with their connection to the Chinese government. And pretty much this is one step closer to a government-controlled monopoly or duopoly, if you will. And this furthers my common saying if you listen to This Week in Games, and that's if you want to do business in China, 60 to 80% of something is better than 0% of nothing because you're not getting into China without netties or Tencent, especially now with these bullshit gaming licenses. And to follow that up with bullshit, we got more. Facebook releases an AR chat game support. 
Everyone was kicking down the door for this one. So now up to six players can play AR video chat games over Facebook Messenger. AR chat games are developed using Facebook Messenger's AR Studio. I didn't even know they had an AR Studio. It seems like another Facebook is doing kind of whatever Snapchat does. Because if you remember, Snapchat released Snappables, which are crappy, terrible AR games on Snapchat. And Facebook is like, hey... We're going to corner the crappy, terrible AR game market, and we're going to have Facebook AR chat games. Yeah. And seeing the early releases, I can't say this is going to make a huge splash, but we'll probably generate more revenue than whatever gets released on the Magic Leap 1. And next up, Discord is trying to become a games distributor. So the big old chat service, Discord, which is pretty much what... World of Warcraft guilds, Street Fighter tips, and you can find anything on there. The chat service began beta testing a digital storefront in Canada. So people can buy games, basically, a la, just very similar to Steam in Canada. But Discord Nitro members, that's their premium service, will get free games along with their $5 a month subscription fee. So... Whatever they get right now for $5 a month, who knows, because I don't use Discord. Um, they'll get some free, like, not very new AAA games. And Discord is revealing a universal library launcher to launch games straight from Discord. So, uh, sure. You know, it's, it's really hard to say anything about Discord because they're like the company that came out of nowhere from the grassroots and succeeded. But... It's it's kind of it's going to be a hard sell for them to take on Steam this way. But I will say they've really had not many other alternative avenues to create extra revenue. Maybe they could have made small little games to play inside the chat and had in-app purchases in those games. Maybe, but I guess this is like kind of one of their only plays. And speaking of games sold digitally, Fault 76 will not be released on Steam. So following Epic avoiding Google Play Store. And other top publishers like Ubisoft, Activision, Blizzard, and EA avoiding Steam. Bethesda is the latest to join those and take their 30% back. So Fallout 76 will appear on Bethesda.net, which I don't I don't who, who's ever been to that site before. And the PC version will only be available there, not on Blizzard or not on Valve Steam. And because they like money. And our last bit of news, Germany will now allow Nazi symbols in video games. And uh, so no more of those weird Wolfenstein symbols, I guess. The German regulatory agency responsible for this will approve the visuals on a case-by-case visual basis. And I think you have to have some good reason why you need to display them. So eh, let's get on to some business news. NetEase, um, previous mention, Chinese government uh, favor favorite gaming company i don't know netty's quarter two earnings show a huge increase surprise surprise net revenue of 2.5 billion up 21.7 percent year over year that's ridiculous growth identity v or identity 5 i don't know i've never played the game and knives out are the star performers knives out is the PUBG mobile clone and ranking number one in june's ios top grossing in japan identity v is July's number one downloaded mobile title on iOS and Android in Japan. And basically, with NetEase succeeding in China and in Japan, there's no slowing down for this Asian giant at this point. 
funny they can break into the American market, you know. I think we need some of that 2.6, 2.5 billion investment in the American market. But it's not all up for the Asian super giants. Nexon quarter two reports are in, and they're so bad they've suspended dividend payments. Um, so basically, quarter reports show revenue is only up 2%, but profits are way down. And kind of Nexon has decided to suspend dividend payments, which is really a bad idea because that's just asking investors to pull their money out. Maple Story and Dungeon and Fighter continue to be the star performers for Nexon, and that's a bad sign because these games are really, really, really old. I swear to God, Maple Story was out when I was in high school, and that's back when we were using dial up. And Dungeon and Fighter, I think, came out when I was in college. And so I'm not going to give away my age, but this is a long, long time ago. And for these to be your star performers still, I mean, it really shows that you have no clue how to build a successful game. And really, I don't know what Nexon can do to grow at this point. And to outdo Nexon's terrible quarter, Square Enix had a pretty bad Q1. So they made $45.5 billion in revenue. That's absolutely ridiculous. But that was down 20% year over year, and it's the worst net profit yet. And net profit fell 30% year over year to $5.9 billion. I know it sounds crazy because I'm saying all these negative numbers, but, you know, a 30% drop in net profit is a bad sign. And it's not too surprising because Square Enix didn't release anything of note in Q1. And they're hoping that the Switch exclusive title Octopath Traveler will make up for that in Q2. However, I think they might be a bit disappointed. So on to some investment news, esports studio Neptune receives 16.8 million in funding from Kakao Games. Kakao Games is the game-facing business of the Korean chat app maker Kakao. Kakao is like Line in Japan or maybe WhatsApp here. You know, it's one of these chat platforms that you can play games on. This is the third injection of cash into Neptune from Kakao, bringing its total stake to 11%. And <laughs> Neptune released two games for Kakao Messenger, and they're just going to feature like cacao mascots but after that Neptune is gonna somehow like turn its way to esports i don't know this this shit sounds bizarre so a korean messenger app maker has injected cash into this like nothing game company three times now this third time is 16.8 million this no-name game company is going to release two messenger games which messenger games don't cost anything to make for cacao and then somehow pivot from making like mediocre messenger games to running esports i don't know korean government needs to investigate this one <laughs> and next up nova cork raises 3.5 million in funding for their game dual universe and that brings the paris developers total funding to 11.5 million and Dual Universe is a planned single-shared sandbox MMO with a focus on, quote, telling emergent stories in a world where all players inhabit and affect the same gameplay. So, if I understand what this game is, it's kind of like, imagine an MMO where you don't run into other players, but everything you do affects other players. I, uh, is that it? Or is this one MMO where there are no servers and all, like... 50,000 people play on one server. I don't know. I didn't look into this that much. 
because they only raised $3.5 million and they have the word MMO. So MMOs can just light $3.5 million to keep the heat on. So I don't really... Good luck, um, Paris MMO. The game is expected to hit alpha in 2020. So all probability says this is never going to see the light of day. If you're only hitting alpha in 2020 and you've only raised this amount of cash... Man, this better be some, like, crazy, crazy, crazy game. And let's follow that up with bad news. I'm sorry. So Amazon Game Studios poaches yet another big name for their Golden Handcuffs program. And you're like, this isn't bad news. And I'm like, yes. Normally, this would go under our people news section. However, Amazon Game Studios is terrible. And so this has to go under bad news. So the former 2K Games president... Christoph Hartman joins Amazon Game Studios as VP of Games. Amazon Game Studios is known for a lot of things, um, mainly not releasing anything after four years of quote-unquote pseudo-development. They started off hiring a bunch of big-name indie superstars. Those didn't do anything. They all left. Um, they got their stock and their bonus sign-on, stayed for a year left. Then they switched to buying up local game studios. Those game studios decided hey, we're now getting Amazon stock. Let's not produce anything. And uh, then they decided to cut their one game that's been in development for three years, a terrible esports ball ball game. And uh, surprisingly, no layoffs. Still cutting giant paychecks. (laughs) Still handing out that Amazon stock. So uh, there's no reason to actually do anything at Amazon Game Studios. And that follows up this week in games. A pretty weird one, but uh, we'll have to keep our eye on Magic Leap. You know, I really hear there's a market for $6,000 AR kits because, you know, that $2.6 billion isn't going to make itself. So I'll see you guys next time. This week in games, I'm Eric McConnell. Bye.